0: To all who come to this happy place, Welcome. Welcome. Well, come in. Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor. Aloha, (laughs) betrays an aura of foreboding. Hang on to
1: them hats and glasses.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. (laughs) Permanecer sentados, por favor.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Remain Seated, Please. I'm Robert.
1: I'm David.
3: I'm Inthea. I'm Susie.
2: And today, we are going to talk about a ride that is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. And that ride is the monorail, the Disneyland monorail system. As we discussed on our our episode about things that we're looking forward to in 2019, uh, this year... Has many anniversaries, and I think we should do shows on those attractions that are celebrating milestone anniversaries. Uh, So there'll be quite a few this year, correct? That's right. So we thought we would start with 1959 and the opening of the monorail.
4: This is the Tomorrowland station of the Santa Fe and Disneyland Viewliner the fastest miniature train in the world, and one of the newest additions to the Magic
1: Kingdom.
2: When talking about the monorail, we have to first start with talking about the Viewliner, the train of tomorrow. Do you know about this?
4: No. So,
2: originally there was a Viewliner that was in Tomorrowland, which uh, was there from 1957 to 1958 only. And it was put there because... Walt wanted something something more for the Tomorrowland there something to draw more guests in so they came up with this little train that looks futuristic and all it did was a figure 8 and uh, it went around Tomorrowland near uh, the Autopia Bob Gurr designed it he's Mm. an Imagineer that did all the different vehicles and he took an Oldsmobile and kind of like gutted it and built the whole thing out of an Oldsmobile because it looked kind of like a futuristic type of car and he built this whole thing from scratch, and it was there for only about a year because it was kind of a temporary thing until they could come up with something better. Mm. They just wanted something fast and quick in there. Eventually they came up with the idea of the monorail.
4: I'm looking at photos of it. Uh-huh. Um, it's very interesting looking. I really like um I don't know if you took a look. Well, I like it's, the design. It's, it's
1: about the size of the train that walt had at his house right no no oh, it's bigger, it's, bigger it's pretty. Oh. it's
4: it's pretty sizable oh, okay yeah um but it does look like a train and a monorail had a baby <laughs> that's right
2: yeah, yeah it's um it's very similar because uh you know it's it's real car parts that they used to build it, it was uh, all custom made by the same guy uh bob gerb
4: i really yeah i really like this color photo of it um with uh, with the the sky buckets right above it. So is stuff. this
1: loading area basically where the submarines are? Is so that where I that is? I can't
4: figure out. Yes,
2: I believe so because there's a lake behind it yeah. which uh eventually became the submarines.
0: Oh.
4: And there's also like there's some really bizarre photos that this search brings up <laughs> um with it like uh going over a vast body of water. Um, and because this is California, it looks like it's in the middle of the desert. But the utopia is in the background. Uh, the whole thing's very bizarre to look at. And then there's like another photo that it led to, which was like the storybook canals. Um, and that looks like it's like they had. It, there's nothing planted, and they just put people <laughs> into this can. It, the whole thing's very bizarre, um, where this leads you to. But it looks so unfinished.
1: Um, well, I felt like Tomorrowland, a lot of that part of Tomorrowland, just the, oh my gosh, yeah, the vegetation <laughs> is just lacking uh, in those early photos. Yeah. And it doesn't
4: help that it's in black and white. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this little guy is really, it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. So if,
2: if you look on Wikipedia, it says it's made from, uh, let's see, a heady unit driven by a Chevrolet, uh, a displacement V8 gasoline engine. A Jeep transfer case, and then two Oldsmobile coupe finishes for the windscreen doors and instrument console. So it's, it was it was built out of all these kind of futuristic-looking cars of the hmm. 1950s, and it ran like a, like a car, but even though it was on a rail. So there was uh, one time where Bob Gurr just sent it as fast as he could, and it went fast, you know, really quickly. Uh, Where uh, uh, a steam engine has to chug its way up, and this wasn't a steam engine. This was something completely different that hadn't been done before, and apparently, like one of the uh, uh, big train guys was on it with him and freaked out. He's like, You can't do that with a train. (laughs) (laughs) I think with the Viewliner, they didn't have time to test it really. (laughs) (laughs) And it caught fire right before it was time to go. Oh, and. Walt wanted to be on it as it was coming out and he's like, put out the fire, get me on there
0: <laughs> <laughs> So
2: Bob Gurr is taking Walt into uh, the station, you know, to meet everyone for uh, uh, the opening day of the Viewliner and Bob Gurr's driving it and he overshot it by a little bit and he has to uh, back up uh, a few feet so he puts the, uh, the gear in reverse and then Walt nudges him really hard and he says you can't back up a train without two toots so he made him honk the horn twice (laughs) Uh, the monorail opened June 14th 1959 and it was a big celebration it was the biggest expansion that Disneyland had done at the time and it included the opening of the monorail submarine voyage and Matterhorn Mountain along with extending Autopia and the uh, motorboat cruise so it really made Tomorrowland an incredible place to be and everyone wanted a piece of it
0: Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. As you leave the moving ramp on the monorail platform, please move forward in the waiting area and fill in all the available space in front of you across the aisle.
2: So, the monorail was originally named the Disneyland Allweg Monorail System because Allweg helped design it. They were a German company that made monorails already. Uh, Walt was on a trip in Germany and he saw a monorail just go past him and he was inspired to make one because of that Germany trip. So Alwig helped build the monorail. It was developed by Axel L. Wernergren. Gren. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the monorail was the first daily operating monorail system in the entire Western Hemisphere. <laughs> Uh, Meaning that I think there was monorails somewhere else, but they weren't operating daily.
1: (laughs) Um, That's like a baseball stat.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. But, you know, Walt wanted this monorail because he envisioned it as a form of transportation for the future. And they did Disneyland TV show specials where they showed what the future could be like with monorail trains driving through downtown Los Angeles paralleling the freeway.
4: Didn't Walt Disney originally want the monorail to go from downtown LA to Disneyland?
2: Yeah, that was, well, that was something that they were trying to uh, sell. Wow. uh, uh, To get the city of Los Angeles to build a monorail from LA to Anaheim. And I think it was more the, uh, the German company that helped design it. I think they were the ones that wanted it more than Walt Disney himself, and they were apparently willing to put up the money for it, and it would basically be free. But the city decided they wanted regular trains, which don't even... (laughs) Like, I don't know why. And people have a theory that because it was at Disneyland, it kind of watered down the idea of monorails, that this is an amusement park ride and not a real form of transportation. Hmm. So that's kind of the downside of it being at Disneyland. But people theorize that if Walt had lived longer, maybe maybe the city would have looked different.
4: Or maybe Judge Doom would have just taken it all over.
2: (laughs) I was looking at some concept art of what the monorail uh, could have been, and there is some concept art of the monorail, but it was suspended from the beam, it wasn't on top of it.
4: Mm. I think I've seen that. Why does it sound very familiar?
2: Well, there were lots of monorails that did that. In fact, uh, it was the 1962-63 World's Fair of Seattle. Mm -hmm. The Alweg system built a monorail for that World's Fair, which was very similar looking to the Disneyland one. And they wanted to build one for the New York World's Fair of 1964 and 65, but another company... Got to do their version instead, and it was a, a suspended version.
0: Hmm.
2: And apparently, the remnants of that one is still in New York.
3: I feel like that would freak me out. Being
2: suspended.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so uh, there was some concept art of it being suspended, and there's a rumor that it was Lillian Disney, Walt's wife, that suggested putting the monorail on top of the beam instead.
3: Hmm. Good for her. <laughs>
2: It was originally going to be built by Standard Carriage Works of East Los Angeles, but they ran out of time because they had—they started work on it in October of 1958, and it had to be done by June 1959, Mm -hmm. along with all the stuff for the Matterhorn and the subs. So there was a lot of stuff going on. There wasn't a lot of time, so they took it away from that company, and Walt gave it to the studio to work on with Bob Gurr working on it. So if you don't know, there's there's a beam, and then it has wheels on top, and then there's wheels on the side, uh, which hold it upright. And the version in Germany kind of had, as Bob Gerr said, it looked like a loaf of bread mm-hmm. with, a, with a kind of a hole in the middle that the track would go through. And he didn't like that design. He wanted it to look sleeker and more futuristic, so he decided to add those fins that go on the bottom to hide all the wheels and oh. all that stuff. And it was built in the same sound that they filmed twenty thousand leagues under the sea. And you know, the people that worked at the Walt Disney Studio, they had never seen anything like this giant monorail that's being built and uh, they would always come by and Bob Gurr eventually had to put a rope up (laughs) at the entrance to the stage so people wouldn't walk in and look around and eventually uh, Walt always stayed behind the rope too even though he didn't mean to keep (laughs) Walt out. Um, But apparently uh, Walt was very happy with the work that Bob Gurr was doing and he never, you know, Walt never said thank you. Mm. He uh, showed his gratitude in other ways and he uh, walked up he walked up to Bob with I think the accountant or someone or the guy the accountant said to Bob Gurr um Walt doesn't know how you how you make all this stuff and then they just walked away and he handed him an envelope and he opened it up and there was a thousand dollars in there oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was Walt saying thank you um
3: it's a known fact that he would never say the words thank you
2: well that he he never showed his gratitude for people really he uh it was always kind of hidden. He didn't want people... He never said goodbye to people. He was always kind of stone-faced. Because that's just... People were like that back then. So yeah, so June 14th was coming, and they had the monorail at Disneyland, and they had trouble getting it to make a full way around the track. And the day before it finally made a full full uh, uh, round trip... So they felt they were ready for opening day.
4: Which is insane that the day before it's set to open <laughs> is mm-hmm. the only time that they were able to get it to complete its full circle. <laughs> and they were like, Let's good enough. It. <laughs> we did it guys. on it. Let's yeah. go. So, <laughs>
2: so they had to do it and uh, so they had the train running in the morning of, the, of opening day and miraculously it worked and it worked fine. And the, uh, the television crews were coming. Like th- This was a big event, uh, the 1959 expansion. It was almost as big as opening day with all these television crews and, and celebrities and everything. And they decided to have uh, opening ceremonies with Richard Nixon and his family uh, dedicating the monorail. So Walt was on the uh, platform with Richard Nixon and his family, and they decided to let Richard Nixon's two little girls come. Uh, cut the ribbon, so they handed the girls the oversized scissors, and someone forgot to check the scissors. They kept (laughs) cutting and cutting, and and it wasn't working. So what do you do when it doesn't work? Break it? right? Here we were with our monorail, the forerunner of rapid transit of the future, all checked out and ready to go, but somebody forgot to check out the scissors. Oh, to heck with it. If you can't cut it, Break
4: it? Right. He just. Did
0: he a, just <laughs> pull it down with his hands? Walt just like
2: tore yeah. the ribbon apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Walt Disney's like, one of you is getting fired. Yep. <laughs> so I think.
2: That's amazing. If I remember correctly, at the opening of Great Moses of Mr. Lincoln, the same thing happened.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it every time that they try to cut a giant ribbon, the 100%. scissors never work? Yeah, well I think, weren't they like giant scissors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Those Why are, is it always so hard to cut ribbons? I don't know. Because
1: ribbons aren't meant to be cut that way, I don't think.
2: Bob Gurr was uh uh driving the monorail that whole day because they only got it to go the day before so no one was trained how to work the monorail it was just Bob Gurr
3: sounds like a mess (laughs) yeah pretty
2: much so um before they did that ribbon cutting ceremony um Walt took Richard Dixon and his family up to the monorail uh to check it out first and they went inside and Walt introduced uh Tricky Dick to Bob and he says to Richard Dixon he says uh, this is this is Bobby. He he drives the electric trains. I drive the steam trains. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, "Bobby, why don't you take uh, the vice president for a, a little ride?" So um, Bob Gurr put the train in motion uh, with. Richard Nixon and his wife and two kids and off they went. Well, Richard Nixon was laughing hysterically because he looked back and all of the Secret Service did not get on and were freaking out, <laughs> running around, had no idea what That's to amazing. do. amazing. <laughs> and Bob Gurr is freaking out because he has just kidnapped the vice president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so he's freaking out and uh, they get back to the, to the depot. <laughs> And the little Nixon girl says, I want to go again. So Bob Gurr starts it up and they're going and all they can see are the Secret Service running alongside trying to grab on. (laughs) So they go again, they go all the way around and then they get off. Richard Nixon loved it and they're down on the ground and he looks back up and all the Secret Service are riding the
0: monorail (laughs) down thinking that he's on there and he's on the ground. So. I just I feel like
4: you could just play Benny Hill music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bob Gurr, uh, he was so happy that it worked for that televised appearance. Like they did the ribbon cutting and off it went. But Walt said, you know, open it up and give the press boys some rides. So Bob Gurr was there till nine o'clock at night giving monorail rides and it worked perfectly the whole night. While he was there, he uh, trained uh, one of the guys up on how to drive the monorail so the park i don't know what time the park closed but around nine o'clock bob girl left and he looked uh, as he was leaving he looked in his rearview mirror and he saw a big blue flash right where the monorail was and apparently uh a piece of uh the monorail broke off and caused some sort of uh uh explosion like a like a uh, just a big flash of light like mm. a little fire and the uh, monorail was stuck uh, right before the uh, platform near the Matterhorn. And I guess Bob Gurr wanted the Disneyland employees to have access to emergency brakes, So if if that happens, they would be able to move it into the platform. But the legal people or whoever wouldn't allow it so the train was stuck there there's no way to get them off and who was in the nose of uh, the monorail but Walt himself and I forgot who his guest was but he was with someone and a little kid and the little kid had to go and Walt said go (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah so that's a little bit of history of the uh, opening day of the monorail would you like to talk about uh some details of the cars and all that oh sure Welcome aboard the Disneyland
1: monorail. That's the beginning. That's the Mark One monorail. Yeah. So
2: the Mark One, it had three cars each, and it was two trains. There was a red and a blue. And the Mark One was there from 1959 to 1961. Now, the Mark One, from 1959 to 61, it was a one-way trip. It was just a ride. It didn't go anywhere. Did you know that? You could only. Get off and on it tomorrowland. There's no second stop. In 1961, a four-car Mark II debuted, uh, and that is when they extended the monorail track to be two and a half miles, and it had the they built the stop at the Disneyland Hotel. And the Mark II was in existence from 1961 to 1969. Uh, in 1968, they started rolling out the Mark Threes, and those were five cars to a train. Um, And they were there from 1969 to 1987.
4: Oh, wow. That's a long time, comparatively.
1: And that design was the same. It was just more cars. And they went from two to, they went from a, what was it, red and blue to red, blue and yellow, right?
2: Well, let's see. Uh, It was red and blue. The 61 was the same design. That was a red, blue and yellow. Mm
1: -hmm. With an extra car.
2: Yep. Yep. And then the five car was the 1968 version. Up until then, it had been the Disneyland Alweg monorail. At this point in 1968, uh, Imagineering took over and redesigned the monorail to their liking. I think it still looked pretty much the same, though. It still had like that bubble top and all that. But uh, Imagineering, uh, they redesigned the monorail and they didn't use the concepts that Alweg gave them. They created what they thought would be better. And in those days, and I think up until 1987 even, you could, or maybe not, maybe up until Ticket Books, I can't remember exactly, you could buy a ticket outside of the park and just go on the monorail and not go to Disneyland. Hmm. Like you could, so just for like however many, like a dollar or something, you could just take a ride on the monorail. And oh, that's wow. It. In 1985 is when they started phasing out the Mark 3s for the Mark Fives.
4: So... Wait, they skipped Mark IV? They skipped I, Mark IV. was at Walt
3: Disney World. Yes. Oh. Mark IV was at Walt Disney World. So, Sorry. Stole your fact. That's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... Uh, Yeah, starting in 1985, they started to phase out the uh, uh, Mark 3s and uh, bring in the Mark 5s. And this is when the bubble top window for the driver was removed and uh, automatic doors were installed. And it was designed to look like a Learjet, which is a type of airplane that has it's all white with uh, the pointy nose. And it was modeled after that. And the Mark 5 was built by Ride and Showing Engineering, Inc., And all trains were changed to the Mark V in 1987, and it was there until uh, until 2008. Some other big things that happened was in 1994, they uh, rerouted the monorail a little bit to accommodate for the Indiana Jones attraction. In 1999, there were lengthy closures because of California Adventure construction. They didn't reroute for California Adventure, but obviously they built over the tracks to put it inside of the Grand Californian Hotel. Uh, the downtown Disney station was rebuilt from what it was before it still is in the same place but it uh, has a new look and now uh, it acts as a second gate to the park because I think before you, you could buy your one your buy your ticket just to ride the monorail but I think maybe once you got inside you would pay for a ticket I don't know exactly how it worked but yeah now, if
1: you do know or you remember, let us know in the comments below.
2: In 2006, the Tomorrowland station was remodeled. That's when they were uh, doing the whole submarine refurbishment and all mm-hmm. that. And that's when the speed ramps were taken away.
1: That's right. Which, which is unfortunate
2: because I love speed ramps. So now you got to walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so between 2007 and 2008 is when the uh, Mark 7 came out. Uh, with the submarines, and that's what we currently have today. Uh, from 2008 is when they all came, and that's what we have right now, and it was built by Dynamic Structures. Uh, let's see. In 2012, the monorails received a uh, layover for Cars Land. Do you remember this? I do. Mm-hmm. They all had decals. 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 <laughs> To make them look like they were characters from cars. They were given eyes and all that. And each car had a new name and a new narration. Did you guys ever experience this?
4: I don't think we did. No, we did once.
2: I can't can't remember going on it. I remember seeing it. I think we did once. but uh, I just watched
1: a bunch of videos. (laughs) Do you remember? I vaguely remember, yeah.
2: Yeah, so Monorail Red... I
1: I don't think I knew that they all had different voiceover. yeah.
2: So monorail red became Manny Monorail, blue became Mandy Monorail, and monorail orange. What do you think?
4: Orange Monorail.
1: (laughs) Mona Monorail. (laughs) 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 Alrighty. (laughs) Um, Manny,
4: Mona, and Mandy. Mandy. All M's, I guess. uh, Prior to this, they'd been doing raps on the monorail. Right, they did one for like Tron. Mm -hmm. Then they did, I think it was well for Tron Legacy. They did one for Finding Nemo where they turned it into submarines when they opened up the attraction. I
2: I think I think that's right. Uh, Which actually
4: looks really cute.
2: Yeah. And then most recently they did an Incredibles one.
0: Mm-hmm. They, they
2: did an Avengers one. Now was that for Pixar Fest there or were for the multiple.
3: movie? No, I think there were, it was for Pixar Fest because there were multiple. Like there was one with the aliens on it. Um, and this there was one on. that
1: you you kept saying you never got to see. Like, I don't remember what it was, but you were like, I want to see the one monorail. And it was like it was when they had Pixar Fest, so they had one was the Aliens. One was one, the Incredibles. And one was something else, I but I don't remember, remember what it was. Was it
4: Monsters, Inc.? Mm-hmm. Inside Out? Maybe. Well,
2: yeah. apparently there's problems with the Incredibles one where they couldn't uh, strip away the, uh, the cow. <laughs> really? Why? Uh, it was... Peeling off the paint underneath, so oh, that's why it's still Incredibles right now. Mm. So the monorails, they they uh they have a horn system, as you know. They use a Grover ten fifty six two chime air horn.
1: to <laughs> so you know. So lu- <laughs> it's so loud. That's all you need to know. <laughs>
2: So they sound twice when departing, and they sound two times again when they're approaching the Matterhorn. That's right. Their way towards uh, the platform, they also use the horns when a bird lands on the track or when greeting the Disneyland Railroad when it goes below them. <sighs>
4: Let me tell you, I really enjoy when Disney transportation talks to other Disney transportation. <laughs> if I'm on the train and the train talks to the Mark Twain, I get so <laughs> happy, and I love when we can hear it from the parking structure. And I do I'm too. I'm like they're talking to each other. It's such a silly thing, no, um, fun. but I love even and all the being... Main Street
1: vehicles. They all talk mm-hmm. to each yep. other. Yeah, <laughs> I lo-
4: yeah, I just I love <gasps> Sorry. it so much.
3: So 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 random, but I had never done the Omnibus oh. until recently. Oh, like we rode it for really the first great. time, yeah, on the top in the very front. Yeah, yeah,
4: so amazing. We a- <laughs> there.
2: So yeah, so you know they uh, service the monorails every night. Uh, they do it at Disneyland. There's a, <laughs> but
4: not at Disney World. <laughs> no. Every monorail for itself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a mate There's a <laughs> There's
2: a maintenance area,
1: (laughs) a maintenance service area.
2: (laughs) So there's a maintenance area uh, behind. It's a small world uh, that they call the monorail shop, and uh, the trains are the trains stay over there uh, inside there every night. So it's never left outside.
4: (laughs) Except for (laughs) 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 they don't care.
1: How many of these do we have in?
2: Um and then if they lose a
4: guest another one will show up in its place. <laughs> Damn, okay.
2: Yeah, so do you ever notice in the morning there's this weird contraption on the monorail beam?
4: And at closing. And at
2: closing. Is it the sweepy thing? Yeah, so they have a thing and they call it the tractor. And it goes it Are you goes, sure they don't call it sweepy things? <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> <laughs> it go,
2: it goes every morning and I guess every night also and uh, it inspects the track and I think it actually like trims hedges that might be in the way. Oh, cool. And
4: really? Yeah. Like, in the way of the track, but not necessarily the windows? Because I've been <laughs> on some monorails and gotten slapped by <laughs> the seat. Yeah, just the Well, track. yeah, it
3: just matters. The track <laughs> needs to be clear. It doesn't yeah. really matter. The rest of it doesn't
4: matter. So,
2: that's basically the story of the Disneyland monorail, but you
0: can't... <laughs> <In a nutshell>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you can't talk about the Disneyland monorail without the Walt Disney World monorail system.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is our final boarding call, and the doors will be closing soon. Please board quickly and safely. Our monorail will be departing momentarily. Thank you. David,
2: uh, why don't you uh, take us through a little bit of Walt Disney World monorail history?
1: Sure. Well, we touched on it a little bit, but the Mark IV completely skipped Disneyland since they used the Mark III for 20 years, Uh, but it did debut. Uh, At Walt Disney World as the Mark IV, it was uh, also designed by Bob Gurr, but their monorail system is much more expansive at a whopping 14.7 miles, Uh, and it travels around 50 million guests each year at 40 miles an hour. Do you know how, how fast does the Disneyland monorail I go? 30?
2: I think it's a, around 30, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it goes as fast because it doesn't have those large stretches. Yeah. yeah. I almost would want to push
1: it, though, going across yeah. California Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently,
2: at least with the Disney World ones, 40 is the max speed, and if you try to push it more, it shuts down. It just stops? Uh-huh. It from, like, It'll, like a it'll put, like, an emergency mm-hmm. yeah. system oh, okay. in. That'll slow it down.
1: One thing, since I did talk about that straightaway at California Adventure, have you ever looked at it during the day? That stretch over the California Adventure entrance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything behind the buildings is still the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, is
2: it? I never. You noticed.
1: can't. Yeah, you can't see it from ground level, but when you ride over that. What what is it now? The Hyperion Bridge. Uh huh. The inside of it. If you, I guess you'd have to ride in the nose cone to see it. But we've ridden in the nose cone during the day. It's all still Golden Gate Bridge like uh, uh, structure. Oh, on really? that side, yeah. It's very orange Ooh. and Golden Gatey. Oh, that's very know, interesting. Which They're is on
4: the monorail. One. They won't notice. this. No.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, there were the original uh, fleet uh well i guess it's still 10 trains today but the original fleet was 10 trains they were built in 1969 for about seven million dollars each that's a lot of money in 1969 dollars
2: that is and, you know, they spent so much time building you know the one in 1959 and now they have to do 10 bigger ones and
1: yeah you know. well they certainly had enough time because walt disney world didn't open until 71 right That's right. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that Mark IV monorail was used from 71 and when it opened all the way till 1989. So when Disneyland was getting the Mark V, uh, the Mark VI was being uh, introduced at Walt Disney World. So uh, I would assume that they considered them different versions because of the sheer size of them. Because the Disneyland monorail is so much smaller in size and stature than the Disney World monorail, it is.
2: But they, you know, each one—the reason they put it in the num in the numbering, meaning you know, one through three is Disneyland, four is Disney World, five is Disneyland, six Disney World—is because each one builds on top of the other one. For instance, that Learjet design that came to the Mark Five monorails yeah. at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, was inspired by the Disney World monorails. The Mark IV. The Mark IV. Yes.
1: I still feel like the Walt Disney World monorails look so dated and boxy compared to the Mark VII. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Agreed. But the Sorry. Learjet design seems less boxy. Uh, did the Mark IV yeah. look better than the Mark VI? No, I think they look pretty much the
2: same because no. they had to fit a lot, a lot more people.
1: Yeah. So, the original voice of the Walt Disney World monorail was Jack Wagner. And uh, do you know who Jack Wagner was? Do you guys know?
2: Yes. He's the voice of Disneyland that says, Remain seated, Seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor.
1: He's that classic voice. He is the voice of Disneyland.
3: Good to know.
4: So, the spiel on the monorail in disneyland is different from the disney world in that disney world will also ask you to stay away from the doors
2: correct and that's the line that's the only line that's left that's still from jack wagner's uh uh original please
1: recording. stay clear of the closing doors Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And that's like their like that's their famous line at Walt Disney World. Like that's that's their "remain seated, please." Like that's right.
4: Which it, is so bizarre to me. It's not
1: fun. Like I don't know. There's nothing <laughs> great about it. I don't get. I feel like they just needed to grasp onto something. Like oh yeah, we have Jack cool Jack Wagner line too. Listen to this one. And
4: they put it like on <laughs> shirts, and people like make like cinnamon toast churros por favor or something stupid like that and i'm just like
1: no guys no please let don't it go. <laughs> do you know who the current voice is even though they keep that one jack wagner line there is a different voice now who's the voice the voice is tom kane who's that he's the classic <laughs> voice guy that they use when they don't have jack wagner around anymore
2: i think he actually did the voiceover of dr loomis and halloween h2o the opening credits. <laughs>
3: oh really yeah.
1: wow
0: That boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.
1: So, the monorail has had its setbacks over the years. It is 99% reliable, but that 1% has some (laughs) doozies.
2: In the 70s, it was 99% reliable. It might have gone down since
1: last year. (laughs) I know. I mean, even this past year was not a great
4: year. 87% reliable. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> They're really looking to outdo themselves with whatever's happening this
0: year.
1: Oh, man. So... Uh, the first recorded issue was three years after opening on Valentine's Day in '74. Monorail Blue ran into the back of Monorail Red <laughs> at the Magic Kingdom station.
3: It's because they didn't do it twice.
1: That's probably what that happened. Is probably. <laughs> oh man. They did rule that the driver was at fault. There was not a problem with the system itself. I see. Uh, and while he was injured, he ended up being okay. <laughs> Jeez.
4: In 1985, there was a fire just short of the Epcot maintenance station. Uh, passengers kicked windows out and climbed around the side of the train to reach the roof. They walked down to car one where firefighters rescued them. Seven people were hospitalized, but they recovered. The fire was started with a foam filled flat side tire um, that was dragged across the concrete beam. And uh, with the friction, it just pretty much burst in the flames. Um, this is a horrible fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be more horrible if someone did perish in that. No, actually, what I but... think,
1: well, what somebody was saying was that there were a couple of off-duty firefighters on the train. So they were able to safely get people out Yeah, uh, without wow. them getting hurt. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very uh, fortunate. Yeah. Not so fortunate. <laughs> Was the July 5th, 2009 That is a busy weekend For something bad to go yeah. uh, Down at Walt Disney World So uh, on 4th of July weekend 2009, can you think of A more crowded time To be at Walt Disney World than the 4th of July Weekend in the summertime Christmas hey, Well, It would be weird <laughs> to be 4th of July weekend During Christmas yeah. We shouldn't um, laugh during this part <laughs> So uh, 4th of July weekend 2009 busy summer weekend at Walt Disney World a driver was killed after the pink and purple collided on the Epcot line at the transportation and ticket center so that's just across the bay from magic kingdom right mm-hmm. yeah
4: um so when starbucks did the you're here cups um and the first time for Disney World and on that very first Epcot cup they put a purple monorail people really lost their mind on it and said that it was being um, very insensitive and I don't mean to be very insensitive by saying that people lost their mind, but I don't think it's very unfortunate that the, that this happened, but I don't think that it should be associated to a color. Is it because it got, I think they retired that color.
2: No? Oh really? Did they? I don't know. I don't know if they retired the color, but
4: I think they retired the purple monorail.
1: So I feel like that was a really, really big incident that, That's the first one that I... I mean, obviously, 1985 to 2009, that's a pretty big gap of not much happening. I felt like it was a really big deal. It was. Wasn't it on the heels of the Big Thunder issue, too?
2: No, Big Thunder was, I think,
1: 2003. Oh, wow. That long ago, huh? Uh,
4: Oh, what about when that thing flew into the crowd from the Columbia? Like, they tied it too tight. was that around, or was that? I feel like that was to... earlier,
2: also.
1: Okay, hmm.
2: I don't remember any incidents happening uh, around. Oh, for some reason,
1: yeah, I remember being a big deal that two thousand nine one, and then just this past year, the door fell off, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. I mean, not yeah. the door
4: fell off once; it's fallen um, or has operated on its own. Oh, several right, times right, as i passionately <laughs> spoke about in um earlier episode. because someone
2: didn't listen to jack wagner
4: <laughs> someone i mean i feel What's like people were listening no they were
3: wasn't it that one of the ins- i mean again it shouldn't be this flimsy but it was one of the scooters that backed yeah. it, like into it or yeah hit it in on, on its, its way, its out, way in or out yeah
4: which is ridiculous a door shouldn't fall off. Yeah, GIF not up. that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there's
2: been other incidents. I mean, I, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head besides the ones we've just talked about. But I feel like in recent years there's been little things like like uh problems with like the windows maybe or something. Hmm. I, I can't remember exactly, but I do know when we were there for our honeymoon, it uh, it broke down quite a few times.
1: I did notice in the research that we did that they said they don't give tail cone tours of the Disneyland monorail anymore, and I think that has to do with the 2009 incident. I think the 2009 incident at Walt Disney World changed some things here, even. Uh, That's unfortunate. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much covers everything about the monorail that we yeah. sort of looked into. Um,
2: you know, there's so much stuff online if you do want to find more stuff about the. I, mean, I talked for so long, <laughs> but there's so much more you could talk about. If you just look up Wikipedia monorail, there's like emergency procedures on there. There's, I did
1: find a Mark for emergency safety video from Walt Disney World on YouTube. (laughs) There's just so
2: much monorail stuff online and if you want to see an interesting uh, documentary uh, uh, there's this series of documentaries and a lot of them are on YouTube called Extinct Attractions and uh, they did one on the monorail which uh, has lots of good stories from Bob Gurr which is where I found most of the uh, uh, funny Bob Gurr stories from. For those of you continuing with us, we'll begin our return trip to Tomorrowland in just a few minutes. Thank you. But yeah, the monorail, it's a a classic. It's uh, fun to ride. It's more of, you know, it's more of a uh, ride here at Disneyland. It truly is a transportation system at uh, Walt Disney World. They do have one at Tokyo Disneyland as well. And uh, you know, Walt.
4: Doesn't it have Mickey shaped everything? Yes, Mickey Mickey yes, yes. Shaped Mickey shaped
1: windows, Mickey shaped hand uh, holdy things, and I mean that's pretty much it. There might be Mickey shapes on the seats, maybe, okay. but uh, the windows and the hand things alone are pretty. Yeah. yeah, I'll post a picture that we took in the show notes.
2: Yeah. So, um, and you know, Walt. Walt did see the monorail to be a future transportation thing. In fact. Uh, you, you know, when he was designing his version of the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, he included monorails along with people movers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, monorails are what still is- popular. I mean, they, you know, the Simpsons did their monorail episode. That's right. Yeah. Which was... Uh, I think it was written by Conan O'Brien. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's
4: it called? Monorail. That's right. Monorail. 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 Monorail.
1: I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. It came across something that sort of made me felt like the mark IV Walt Disney World monorail was taken out of commission and sold to Las Vegas. And was part of the MGM Grand Luxor monorail system until about 2004. Really? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. And then somebody, also a private owner in Georgia, owns a Mark IV. Uh, they own the car. first car. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Is that the one that you see the pictures of in the backyard? Yes. Gotcha. It's
1: gotta be because
4: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's it how is. I saw
1: it. <laughs> but
2: then I also found there's this interesting story where in around 1988, this guy. Went to uh, Disneyland, and uh, he was noticing. He, stole he noticed that all the monorails had changed to the Learjet design of the uh, Mark Five. Mm-hmm. And he was on the monorail, which was still shaped like the old ones from uh, the
1: seventies and eighties. With he the, was on the old, he was on the one yeah. remaining.
2: So he asked the operator what was going to happen to it. and The operator said all the other ones just get put into the crusher and destroyed and he wanted to save it so he did this whole campaign called uh, uh, Save Old Red because it was the old it was the red monorail and uh, he did all this stuff to try to save it and he was very happy that he got a call from uh, executives for Disney's uh, saying that they were going to save it and uh, and archive it basically so they told him what day that was going to happen and he got up early and he watched them lift it up carefully and they put it in the garage where they kept it and it was gone for you know a, a couple of years and then in 1990 it it reappeared redesigned as a special monorail car for the 35th anniversary it was a it was an actual driving car that had the monorail over it, but it had all these Mickey Mouse designs and it was painted beautifully, and it was base and, and then it it led the 35th anniversary parade. Hmm. It was basically like a float now, and, and Mickey down Elizabeth, Main Street, I think so. But, wow. I, but I also saw footage of it on regular streets mm-hmm. too, and so they made this, and then that monorail car eventually was put into the queue of Rocket
1: Rods. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh. And now we don't know where it is. Yeah, I don't know.
4: (laughs) Probably the California Science Center or John Stamos backyard. Those are the two places where it all pretty much (laughs) ends up, right?
1: That's right. right. We
4: won't stop these John Stamos rumors until Mm -mm. John Stamos actually comes on this show and um, debunks them and tells us what he does with all his things. Supposedly they ordered... Um,
3: I think I found a story from WDW News today. Mm-hmm. Says that there were like internal sources that said that they had ordered a new fleet.
4: Of, oh, for us? Uh, Rumor.
3: I know. Well, so from a certain company or whatever, but there's all these like uh, financial things that don't back it or don't prove that don't support, I guess, the fact that they did it. So. Oh, uh, I there guess it's other...
1: WDW today. It would be a Walt Disney World monorail then.
3: No, well this is like a
4: it's like a fan site. Yeah. Fan news. Oh,
1: so about... it could be a Disneyland monorail. We're due. Oh no, no, Every, no, no, no so no.
4: everyone thinks that they're going that there is a fleet of monorails ordered for Walt Disney World because, because it. of the re- issues. And mm. then Bob Ker was at a convention of some sort, publicly said there's Con- an sort there's of confirmed another confirmed uh, there is another fleet that's been ordered people reached out to that company and that company's like, we don't have those orders.
0: Mm.
3: And there's other companies they could have potentially ordered through. Like one, the one, there's one that um, did the Tokyo one. And Mm -hmm. anyway, but no one seems to have any record of any order from Disneyland for a new fleet of monorails. So
4: once again, they're just going to let the ones in Florida completely (laughs) just, (laughs) you know, dissolve. I just find it
3: interesting because yeah, like why, like I think everyone's just sort of wondering like, why? Like, especially because
0: safety
4: is typically, like, top Because they had priority. to buy that new land. Well, isn't it like safety starts with D? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, safety. C- oh, is it safety? D? I think so. And safety starts with U? <laughs> <laughs> it starts with an S, uh, obviously. <laughs> anyway, it's
3: perplexing, to say the least.
1: And uh, I guess the only other bit of monorail thing I could think of is when we to- did our Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And uh, was that a rumor or was that? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, they it didn't they,
1: come up in our research this time. So
2: they claim it's true. But I mean, I didn't when you just type in monorail history, I don't see it. But if you type in ghost stories, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's
1: true or not. But. Eh, it's fun to believe in it. And just for fun, let's put a little audio drop of that whole episode.
2: Submitted for the approval of Remain Seated, Please. I call this story The Tale of the Grad Night Student. It's 1966 at the Magic Kingdom of Disneyland. It's a warm summer evening, and Grad Night has just begun. Students from all over Southern California have come to visit the happiest place on earth, and they are having a wonderful time riding the many attractions. Everyone was having a wonderful time. Except for 19-year-old Thomas. Being 19 years old, Thomas had already graduated high school, and he wanted in. So what did Thomas do? He jumped over the walls into Tomorrowland, naturally. And once he got to the top of the wall, he decided he would jump on the monorail tracks, and he'd follow the tracks into the park. What Thomas didn't realize was a monorail train was on its way. A security officer below saw him and warned him, There's an oncoming train! So Thomas decided to jump down into the canopy below, hoping to avoid the oncoming train. The monorail operator is quoted to saying, The driver didn't even know what happened. He never saw the kid. All of the sudden, the car just slowed to a stop. He radioed security. It's too bad security couldn't have radioed him, but it all happened so fast. Security was hollering at the kid. He was listening, but he was scared. He just laid on one of the plastic panels which hang under the track whenever it passes over a walkway. And the monorail passes just two inches over that. It just sucked him in right under the car. And I had to hose this kid off the bottom of the monorail. True story, true quote from this monorail operator. And now, some nearly 50 years later, late at night, workers claim they see a boy walking the monorail tracks. Is it the ghost of Thomas? You tell me. <laughs> so let's take this monorail around the corner and bring her in, David.
1: <laughs> Susie likes writing in the front.
3: I like, Wes loves it. It's cool. I got some really cool pictures. No,
4: it's great. And it's just, I don't know, it's special. It's really fun. The monorail is really great. I really, um, I don't know, it's great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a Disneyland staple.
4: I don't know people who don't enjoy the monorail. And frankly, if you don't, if you are my friend and you do not enjoy the monorail, keep it to yourself yeah. because <laughs> I enjoy the monorail. No harm.
1: I think it's easily forgotten, but it's not Freed. easily unenjoyed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There it is. And on that note, what are your favorite memories of the monorail? Is there anything we forgot to cover? Let us know in the comments below. Inthia, where can we find you on the internet?
4: You can find me at Magically Delicious Podcast
1: um, everywhere. And Susie, where can we find you on the internet?
4: At a little sprinkle of Disney
3: on Instagram.
1: Uh, You can find us at Remain Seated Pulse on Twitter. or at Remain Seated Please on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you don't mind and uh yeah for this episode of remain Seated, please i'm david
4: i'm robert can you put two little honking noises for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm Susie. (laughs) (laughs) goodbye
1: bye Bye,
2: everybody
4: (laughs) bye there that wasn't so bad
0: was it i'll see you all a little later You may not survive to pass this
4: way again. Time to be moving along.
3: Hurry back.
1: And barrel around to see us again.
2: So that's where they go to bed. And speaking of Walt Disney World, you
0: (laughs) 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 sorry. What?
1: She's just past her <laughs> <bedtime>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So that's the water. We got Terrible, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible details. We've got some so cheese mess. Don't so. feel good. Yeah. Check um, us
4: out and remain seated, please. We'll post all the links and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. bye. <laughs>
1: Oh. All right. Spill. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, uh. No, uh,
3: wait.
0: We have to finish
3: this. Yeah, it. I'm finishing this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wrapping it up. So, <laughs>
1: we played the audio clip and then we're coming out of the audio clip now. Here we go.